listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. So we're finishing up our Healthy You uh, sermon series, a groundwork for revival. And we talked about revival is the improvement in the condition or strength in something. And we looked back at our lives and talked about, uh, in our last year, and we're like, what are some things in our life from last year when you're reflecting and you're correcting what are some things in our lives that need revival? What are some things that need improvement in the strength or conditioning of? And so we kicked that off and we talked about uh, being a, a moldable piece of clay and having our hearts be soft and being the right kind of clay that can be molded and moved by God and staying moldable, not having a hard heart is something that helps you have the healthiest version of you possible. And so that was week, week one. We kind of kicked that off. If you missed that, that's online. Uh, week two, we talked about anxiety. And I was challenging you guys to have scriptures ready to crush anxiety. A healthy version of you understands how to handle anxiety. A healthy version of you has a playlist of worship music that crushes anxiety. And we talked about different kinds of anxiety, that there's clinical anxiety and that affects about 18% of us, and then about 82% of us just have regular anxiety. But that doesn't mean like we don't know how to handle anxiety and it's kind of hyped up more this time it feels like in this time and space of where we are. If you don't know how to handle anxiety, that cannot lead to the healthiest version of you. And so we handle it by speaking truth through scripture and having scripture ready and having our worship anxiety crushing playlist ready. Anybody do that this week? Anybody crush some anxiety? I see you back there, Ron. You crush some anxiety? Good job, brother. So if something comes up and you're like, ah, and you're ready to go. You are prepared. Um, and then uh, we talked about uh, last week identity, calling, and assignment. That a healthy you knows your identity. With all of the identity theft that's going on, all these things that are out there, a healthy version of you knows whose you are. And that you know that you are the son or a daughter of, of the creator of everything that you've seen. That he values you. That, that when he made you, he was like, Tov Mayot, oh, very good. I have a perfect place and a perfect time for this person to enter the world. And that you matter. And then we talked about this idea of calling. Like there's a calling in your life. There's a purpose in your life that, that God has you here for. Yes, you are blessed. Yes, you are his child. But you are called for something. And then we also talked about separating that calling from an assignment and that we have assignments of things that we're doing that we're tasked to do that maybe don't feel all warm and fuzzy but it is our current assignment and so we hopefully started some conversations I heard there were some good conversations in the groups we had a good conversation in my life group and so start working through that there's lots of resources on that and then today I think a healthy you, or maybe a healthy me, understands what God blesses and understands and seeks to understand, even to a specific point where we're going to spend our time today in the Beatitudes. And what does it look like to understand blessings? Baruch. It's a Jewish form of, or a Hebrew uh, personal name meaning blessed or fortunate. 
You'll see in different translations, and, and we're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. You'll see in different translations, it's going to say, happy are those, or blessed are those. And so when you think about the word uh, bless, what does it mean? You know, what, what does it mean? What do, the ancient Greek word for blessed is uh, mar, markarios? Markari? What did I say? Makarios. There we go which was originally used to describe those who lived in another world far from the problems of this world. Hashtag blessed. I love that. Somebody's like, oh gosh. So when you think about blessings, there's different things. There's a blessing from God to man. There's blessing from man to God. And then there's blessing from man to man or woman to woman where we can bless each other. When you think about these beatitudes, the beatitudes, which actually translates to uh, full of blessing. That's what the beatitudes is, full of blessing or full of God or fully and wholly satisfied in God, the beatitudes. I want to read it, read it through first from my Bible. I was thinking about this and talking about this with my lovely bride about um, how we're handling the text at our church. And I would like to start challenging folks to bring a Bible. To make it personal, I know I have a really cool, cool Bible apps on my phone too. I'm just not smart enough to turn off my phone to all the other notifications that get me distracted sometimes. But having a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we want to make sure you get one and a cool one. If you don't, if you've never had one before, and so I want us to honor God's word and dive into it and read from His very word because this is what the foundation of what we're standing on is. This is what identifies us from other faiths. So we're in the New Testament in Matthew, which is one of the Gospels. If you're new with us, it's the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is uh, a synoptic Gospel, Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke. And so these kind of flow with them. But we're going to stay in Matthew here, and we're in this, uh, it's called Beatitudes here. It's the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes. I'm going to read through it all, and then we'll go back and break them down. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, getting some kingdom of heaven talk in here. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Think about this again. Happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Fortunate are you who mourn, for you will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, more kingdom of heaven talk. In my Bible, this is all in red, which means Jesus said it. They're quoting This is from our Savior. Blessed are you when people insult you. Of course, fortunate am I when people insult me. Happy am I when people insult me. This makes sense. Uh, Persecute you falsely and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. God's word. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I think when you're seeing this in different commentaries I've read, the phrase when they use poor in spirit has nothing to do with like financial well-being. It has to do, blessed are the folks who recognize and understand their brokenness, their separation from God. Blessed is someone who understands that they are separated from God. They are powerless, helpless, undeserving. But they are blessed because Jesus has not forgotten them. And Jesus has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten a single one of you in here or listening online. He knows what's going on with you. This kind of pushes against the things of this world. It's usually just the strongest and the most put together people that get the good life. You know, like our church. The only people that come here are the ones that have it all together. The rest of the sinners are still out there. All you holy people, pure in heart people in here, just like your pastor who probably didn't sin. I already sinned this morning. Dang it. No, blessed are the people who understand their brokenness. Blessed are, you're blessed because you're going to realize, it forces you to realize that there's a Savior. We're poor in spirit, but strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Amen? It is for the poor that Jesus came, those who don't know who he is. Those that cry out for their Savior will receive the kingdom in heaven. Question I was asking myself this week as I pondered on that is like, do I recognize, does the pastor of a church recognize his need for Jesus daily? Seems like a simple question. Do you stop to recognize your need for a Savior or do you need to be slapped with something? You need to have some tragedy happen, something not go your way, and oh, Jesus, help me. Or do we stop on the front side of the of the day and recognize him as our savior. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Um, in the context, it's probably not about mourning over the loss of somebody. There are scriptures for that. Isaiah 40 uh, verse one, Isaiah 61 one, that for sure, like God's there to comfort you. But here is maybe it's talking about more of like a morning of repentance. So you come off the heels of recognizing that your need for a savior, and now you're mourning for, to find the way back, to find the righteous path back. How am I going to get back? Repentance means to return to something. Return. Come back to the path. Oh, this looks like a good path. Is this God's path? I want to return to God's path. And blessed are those who realize that they are not on God's path, and they mourn for that, and they mourn for the things of God, and they seek to find out where God's path is. I think Jesus is continuing that theme. Blessed are those who recognize they're missing the Lord. And they mourn for the fact that they're missing him. They feel separation. question I had to ask myself this week is, do I mourn separation from my Savior? It tells me the condition of my heart. A healthy version of me has a soft heart that would see and hear the needs of that are all around me. 
But do I ever mourn from that? Do I see that I'm separated from God on occasion and come back to him? I think a healthy version of you asked that question. Am I separated from my Savior? And what's the path to get back? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I heard this taught, and I like the way this taught. Uh, meekness is not like this, like, oh, like the wallflower. So think about the audience. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and there happens to be this big audience of Jews there. And think about their context. They're under Roman rule. They're under Roman oppression. They know people that have been murdered by Rome. They're waiting for the Savior to come back and dominate and avenge my grandma's death and avenge my brother's death and avenge my son's death and avenge, where is this king coming back and he's going to rule it and he's, ah! And Jesus goes and says something like this. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the people who understand that they have power but they know how to use it with restraint. Did Jesus have power? Yeah, lots of power. Did he know how to use his power? And he's modeling that for us. You have power, but use it under restraint. That doesn't mean muffle your power. It means use it the way that God would have you use it. And those people will inherit the earth. And they knew all about power and the misuse of power and the oppression of power. And here they're being challenged to take their power and submit it to the will of God. Blessed are those who have their strength under control, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I read this, one of the resources I put on it. Blessed are those who are desperate to do the will of God, for they will long for nothing. Am I desperate to do the will of God? Are you desperate to do the will of God? I'm really more focused on doing the will of Josh. And I thought about asking that question again. If I could write down these questions, which are not in the notes and not in your slides, those are all bonus. Am I desperate to do the will of God? Are you desperate to do the will of God? A healthy person, I think, is pretty desperate to do the will of God. A healthy version of you knows your identity, seeks your calling, and follows your assignments to do the will of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who show mercy and forgive, for they understand the mercy that's been shown to us. In our huddle this morning with our volunteers, one of our leaders talked about some great opportunities he had to show grace and mercy while he was driving. I guess the question that I ask myself is, where did I show mercy this week? And not my kind of mercy, but God's kind of mercy. Write it down. 
Where did you show mercy this week? Take an inventory. A healthy version of you takes inventory. Healthy companies know what they have inside. Healthy companies know what they have to offer. Take inventory. How you doing? How you doing in mercy? As you can see, I'm pretty excited to give this sermon to you because it's been an exciting week for me. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are those who focus on the, the motives of their actions. The pure in heart started thinking about how were my motives this week? Was it a me week? Was it a we week? Or was it a he week? Where are my motives? These are difficult questions to continue to ask yourself, but it will help you be a healthier version of you, I promise. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So, so far, you might have already gotten your beatitude. You might have got the one that you're just like, mm, mm, but maybe not. This was, this was the one for me this week. I was like, if I had one that really just stuck me deep, it was this one where I was like, ooh, I don't like that person. I don't like this one. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Are you a peacemaker or a pot stirrer? Think about this. Relate this back to the anxiety sermon. Does the person stirring the pot decrease anxiety or increase anxiety? You know the family meeting you're going to get together. You already had Christmas and Thanksgiving, somebody want to talk about their opinions about COVID or politics, and they just come in there and they're just like, are you a peacemaker or a pot stirrer? With your family? With your friends? With your kids? With your coworkers? If I were to go and ask your closest friends, if I were to go and ask your family, and I would say, let me pick on somebody here. Um, I don't want to pick on. I'll pick on Brian because he's on staff. He won't get too offended. If I were to ask your family, Brian, are you a peacemaker or a pot stirrer? <laughs> yeah, after they said all these things. If I were, think about this, guys. If you were to ask your family, is he a peacemaker or a pot stirrer? A healthy version of me is a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I didn't like this one this week. Blessed are those who have received peace and bring peace to others, for they are the sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of Righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't like the persecution part of this. I like all the warm, fuzzy, lovey Jesus stuff. But the fact that you're going to be persecuted because you stand up for the best version of truth that you understand and know how to, how to explain. The fact that you're going to be persecuted because you believe a certain way. The fact that you're going to be persecuted because you're carrying around one of these. Confirmation. 
Why would we think that we're not going to be persecuted when we see how our Lord was treated? Why would you think that that path has, is not coming to you? Because we're in our safe, cushy American church? It comes to everybody. Blessed are you when you're persecuted, when what you say and do are consistent with what Jesus says and does. Are you consistent? This is interesting here as you look at the text. So it's, it's uh, blessed, you know, you go through this, it's blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are uh, the pure in heart, and it's pretty generalized. And then it goes, uh, verse 11, blessed are you. Can you imagine Jesus looking at you? I'm not Jesus, but just picture that there was your version of Jesus up here. And he's looking right at you. And he says, blessed are you when people insult you. They persecute you falsely. Like our friend Joseph was persecuted falsely. We talked about that. And they say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Hey, rejoice and be glad. Have joy again. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel message. See, a healthy you doesn't just comprehend the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus Christ came down, took on, took on humanity, showed us how to live it out in humanity, was crucified, uh, died, and then rose again on the third day. And if you believe that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, Savior, you understand the gospel. You have the intellect to understand the gospel. But that's not what we're called to do is just to understand the gospel. We're called to execute the gospel. We're called to be part of the gospel. We're called to be all of those things that happened last year that were really cool that none of us celebrated. That's part of being the gospel. See, it's different than being a, being a fan of Jesus. There's lots of fans of Jesus. They got bumper stickers and Bibles, lots of Bibles. Man, very wise. I have lots of them. But going from this information in my head to this outpouring change being molded and changed and coming out of my heart and actually affecting community the way that God has called us to do is understanding the gospel. That's where you change from being a fan of Jesus, watching some dude on a stage to being a follower of Jesus and acting it out in your community. That is a healthy version of you. Someone who understands that you can have intellect about God, but you have to have action to know him. Being aware of God does not mean that you follow him. Being a fan of God doesn't mean that you know him. But being faithful to his word, being available to his people inside this room and outside this room and at your workplace and in your family and being teachable and moldable to his ways. That makes you fat. We talked about being fat before. You guys need to be fat, faithful, available, and teachable. And the more that we're faithful, the more that we're available, the more that we're teachable, the better version of us we are. 
The Beatitudes explain simply, is blessed are you who can rejoice in the worst moments of life because the kingdom of heaven is yours. And that is the treasure. Seeking the kingdom of heaven. You will never be more fulfilled when you know whose you are, when you know that you have a purpose here and that you have assignments and that you see God working. You see him working in your own lives. That's a healthy version of you. He made all of this, he made a way, you see him, he's making a way for people like you and me. Do you want that way? Information's not our problem. We have all the information. It's getting that information to change our hearts and to love God's people well. And that's what this church is about. We exist to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. There's 11.5% more one persons here this year because you did your job. You got excited about God and you talked to him and there's lots of great churches they could go to. We're just one. But they usually go where somebody has a relationship. And we make biblical disciples in relational environments. We're going to celebrate relational environments. We're going to continue to ask you to get involved and be in relational environments. Because that's where all of the hardness can fall off of your heart. That's where you can start seeing God move through you and through other people. I want to take this time as we go to communion. We do communion every week. And so um, if you have your communion elements, that's awesome. You can hold on to them for right now. Uh, we're going to, that Ron's got some right there for us. Ron, for us, raise your hand if you don't have one. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, right up here in the middle, Ron, Jessica's awesome right here. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, your Lord and Savior, just pass on this part. Uh, come, and, come and talk to our folks. We'll have folks up here ready to pray with you. If you want to make a decision, you're like, what are you talking about, dude? I got it going on. What's this Jesus stuff? We want to talk to you. We'll have people up here ready to pray and would love to talk to you about Jesus. If you have prayer, because one of the things our elders were commenting on as we were looking and we're like, are we a praying church? Are we a church that like gets down corporately in prayer? Do people not have hardly any needs at all and they just cruise on out to head to wherever we're going to lunch? Or do we come up and are we providing prayer, like real life-changing prayer? And so we want to be a church that is about prayer. And so when we have people that come up here, we call and ask you guys to come out for prayer. If you've got something in your heart, you come and share it. Get empowered. I want us to take this time and just do communion a little differently today. I want us to take a time of just silence and solitude. And I want you to start running through in your mind these Beatitudes. And I'll read them off slowly for us. And you find the one that God's calling you to today. Maybe there's more than one, but there's one for sure that he's moving in your life that you want to address this week. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I just uh, ask that we come to you trying to explore what it looks like to be the healthy version of us. And you made a way. You made a way. But the sacrifice of your son that none would be lost. None would have to have to sit here in this broken and lonely and no community. No. You made a way. 
We are never alone because you call us your children. So Lord, as we listen to these Beatitudes again, Lord, I ask you to just put it on our hearts. If something hits somebody, that they would address it this week. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that recognize their need for you and do something about it. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who feel the weight of sin and choose to change. Thank you for letting us feel the weight of sin when we, when we mess up. And thank you for making a path of repentance, a place for us to return back to. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Lord, you have got people in here that have power. They have influence. They have power and influence. Lord, help us to steward it for your purposes, not for ours. Help us to have that power under restraint in your hands. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who want to return back, those who know that they need you. They want to be filled and they need you, Lord. We come to your table hungry. Come to your table thirsting for righteousness and you give it to us. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Lord, show us in our lives where we need to show mercy. Lord, put those relationships on our our minds right now. I need to show mercy to blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Lord, help our motives be of you first when we hold our meekness, when we have power under restraint, Lord, you would purify our motives. What is our motives here, Lord? Is it for us or for you? Are we seeking out your will? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they would be called children of God. Lord, where am I supposed to make peace this week? What relationships do I have hanging out there that are not in peace? Lord, help me to never be a pot stirrer and create anxiety. Convict me on that, Father. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are insulted and are persecuted. Because you... You are the savior of the persecuted and insulted. And so we come to you, Father. Lord Jesus, on the night that you were betrayed, you uh, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. It is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember who you are. In the same way, after supper, they took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant. It's in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink of it and remember it to me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. And we know you're coming again. And we proclaim you. Let's proclaim. Lord, I thank you for this time. I ask that your word has come through. I ask that the Beatitudes are on the hearts of your people in a mighty way. They could never shake them.
that you will speak those into their ears. You will whisper this text into our ears all week long. That you would show us a way to make real change, real purpose, real advancement of your kingdom this week as we submit to you and your ways. So, Father, we just thank you for this time, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.